0: i
1: Get you off to your Yu Gi Oh tournament as quick as we can. Hey, hey, (laughs) facts.
2: Nah, I got time. I'm not worried about it.
1: Yeah, he's got a Yu Gi Oh tournament,
2: Tony.
0: Dude, I used to be an absolute fiend when I was a kid. I fucking love it. Tony's been a fiend
1: at everything, dude. Tony's Tony's telling me he could beat me in video games and I would straight run his ass. Whatever, bro. I'll beat you in Valorant. No, no, no.
0: Not even close.
2: Yeah, I've never played. I'm terrible at first person shooters, man. Really awful.
0: Yeah, I'm that's all I've ever, ever played, really.
2: Yeah, Fortnite has no building right now, right, I think, is what I heard. So mm-hmm. it's like it's like that new or something.
1: That's the only reason I'm going to start playing again. So many buttons to click if you were trying to build back in the day, so now it'll be... Teddy, did you see those bots shooting. in
0: that Discord? They're pretty fire. I didn't I see them yet. Look I haven't
1: looked. I honestly joined it like five minutes before I sent the like GIF into your thing and i haven't had time to actually look at it yet mm-hmm. but i will probably today
0: yeah they're pretty they're pretty advanced
1: advanced technology all right so palmer wait, wait wait i need to start my obs real
0: quick um yeah i started mine so if i have to get off i'll just leave mine running because i know yours always fucks up
1: yeah i'm just gonna since you're you are getting off i'm gonna make sure i have mine running just in case as well okay all right so palmer man how's your trading been going in this this 2022 market it's been all right actually um it has been
2: you know it's been my best year ever but you know so was last year or whatever you know as as i you know size up it you know gradually and, and you know, do it for longer it typically kind of follows a trajectory but um, yeah, it's been a, it's pretty, especially like the last two months have been really solid. Um, the beginning of February to today, uh, you know, has been like my most profitable chunk in quite a while, which is, is nice because I, I, I keep telling myself like, oh, this is a, you know, an iffy market. So once things really heat up, like we're off to the races, but maybe at this point, that's just rationalization. I don't know, but, um, yeah, it's been great. What about you guys? How, how, how have you fared?
1: Well, it's been um honestly it's been like really nice to see spy have the moves it has because i can i can play it quite a bit um so yeah the range on spy has been really nice but i've kind of had the exact same train of thought as you where it's kind of like if i can fare well in this market then (laughs) then wait until it heats up like like you said it could be rationalization but um we'll see i guess the next the next few months to the next six months will will tell us that that entire story yeah yeah i definitely
2: like i'm fine with it continuing the way that it is but getting better like also
1: dope you know what i mean yeah i think this has been because, like give us some penny gappers sorry tony
0: no i was just gonna say this has been like and i don't know tony and i've talked about this for like months now but i don't it's been enjoyable to trade um I, I feel i do feel for the people that are you know maybe are newer and started in this market because they're probably having a hell of a time 'Cause you know, when you start you probably smart start with pennies and uh you only know how to play one, one way and um so for those people it's probably not too fun, but for people that can play, you know, long or short, it's been pretty enjoyable.
1: Yeah. I would agree. I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind some clear trend on dailies though. That's been my only issue is being yeah. able to like swing trade stuff has been kind of a pain in the ass. So you see
2: I don't I don't swing trade at all, right? So like I'll do like overnight shorts or something on occasion, but I don't, uh, I don't swing at all. So, you know, but I've looked and been like, oh, maybe, you know, a swing. And then I look at, you know, big picture timeframes and I'm like, oh, no, no, it's not the time. Not the time. It's hard because you
0: have hesitancy, like, because you just don't know. There's yeah, so yeah. much going on.
2: Yeah. We got like seven meetings in a week now. It's like meetings, Ukraine, Biden, There's so much like, oh, pal, on. I'm like, dude, I just want a day where something's not going on for just one day.
1: Yeah. Like, give us a day or give us a week where we can actually trade something based on technicals and not like see like spy randomly knife because Biden yeah. said some shit or, oh, there's a meeting tomorrow, then spy like boners for no reason and you can't figure out what's happening. And we get and no, it's like no stuff.
2: volume and then it's all the volume all at once. And I'm like, oh my gosh, just don't, I just straight up don't trade for like three hour blocks on those days. Yeah. I was like, all right, I'll be back later. <laughs>
1: yeah that's what i do like midday pretty much every single day i'm just like i fuck off my discord will be like asking me questions and i'll be like i'll get back to you come power hour like yeah, yeah, there's exactly no reason you know. to be anywhere around the screen right now
0: yeah people don't understand too is like when if like i try to be done by noon and people don't understand they'll be like well why am i not active well the, the whole point of you know or goal for trading is to be you know to have that freedom to not work eight hour 10 hour days if you can be done there's gonna be days you're gonna be done in a half hour and oh yeah i don't think people really fully grasp that um but i had a question for you palmer how uh how long have you been trading and like was there one thing that kind of got you interested into the market if you can like pinpoint one specific thing
2: yeah yeah actually i I know exactly what it was um it was a point in time where i was first of all i started like in the very beginning of covid like maybe a little bit before COVID. Um, And we were already kind of at work. I was working at Chuck E. Cheese at the time. Um, So this is like January 2020. And we were already starting to wind down with the expectation of, of, you know, that affecting Chuck E. Cheese, a very, you know, COVID target, you know, kind of business. Mm -hmm. And um, so anyways, my schedule ended up getting a little bit more flexible because my hours were lessened. And I was literally sitting on my couch in the living room watching this stupid youtube video where it's like people who were millionaires they they ask them questions and then they stand on like a number on like how much do you agree or disagree with it right and one of the guys disagreed with something and i was like that guy's an idiot and then um and but then it was like what do you do for a living he's like oh, i'm a day trader and they were like oh okay you know like they were like oh what no wonder he's an idiot and i was like what is a day trader so you know i looked into it and, you know, I'm the kind of person that, like, once I get an interest in something, I do it s- till I'm sick of it, you know. So I was just like, I need to learn everything. Just so, that, uh, so I got into the YouTube and obviously found, you know, some people on YouTube who, you know, maybe in hindsight weren't as <laughs> great places to start. But um, got on Robinhood, like, you know, like, uh, like anyone does and put like 200 bucks in the account. I remember vividly, like, this was a, a few weeks before Kodak went crazy it went from like 260 yeah. or whatever and and mara was like three dollars and i played both of those and you know did all right it was only 200 dollars worth of buying power or whatever on three day trades you know i was still on the, that margin or whatever but the i remember being like oh my god this is so easy bro like yep. i just made so much money on on mara and kodak i just bought it and it went up and then i sold it i was like you know, quitting my job, telling, you know, Chuck E. Cheese later, I'm out of here. I just made like 60 (laughs) bucks today. And um, but then from there, I was like, uh, you know, I, you know, kind of kept doing it. And, you know, I tried to make a habit of doing it every morning, started at small caps um, and eventually you know, found my way. I I do small caps on occasion now, mostly for like overnight, uh, especially shorts and um, ultimately moved into large caps about a, a little over a year and a half ago, I'd say. Um, I always kind of swap back and forth because small caps like have seasons where they'd heat up Mm -hmm. Um, and then ultimately like this last winter or whatever where small caps are supposed to heat up again it was kind of underwhelming so I just stayed in the large cap space and uh, that's where I've been since Uh, so it's been about two and a half years total of that I would say maybe a year and a half of profitability but that first half was like you know, not livable profitability, you know, yeah. just just, uh, Mm -hmm. I wasn't getting my butt kicked while I was learning kind of thing, which was, uh, which was nice. It was a nice change of pace. I, in hindsight, might've quit my job a little too early, but I'd saved up enough money. So if I didn't make a dime from trading, I'd be okay for, you know, six months or whatever. And looking back on it, you know, maybe that was a little too, too soon. um, But for you you though, yeah. Ultimately we made it. So you know, not, not super upset.
0: What, a so during that time, what do you think was it that like clicked where you were like, you went from not really being profitable to like live off of to, you know, damn, like I really can do this full time.
2: Yeah. I, you know, it's it's hard to say because it is such a subtle and gradual kind of change. Like a progression. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I will say that like, so uh, I was trading for about eight months and I joined a prop firm, um, like a a proprietary trading place and the way that you joined it was they would test you. Uh, You'd have to obviously get like your licenses and stuff. So I got like FINRA and SEC licenses. And then I did this training program where they gave you a certain account size with a certain daily max risk. And your goal was within 200 trades to make it up to a certain amount. Right. And this was like right after Tesla split. So it was like $200 or whatever. And I literally every morning just played Tesla and I just scalped it right at the bell. Like if it went up, I would scalp it up really quick for like a a stream breakouts because that's what it was doing at the time. It was just going. It went from like 200 to 900 in like, you know, weeks. Mm -hmm. And while I was doing that, I just, you know, it made me look like I was a lot better than I was when it was just a, a unique point in time where I was able to benefit from the circumstances and less so that I was like a really great trader. But, you know, I passed that test as a result. So then I go to trade for them and, you know, that was really the time where, you know, they explained risk management to me. They're like, hey, you know, this is a risk. And, And it was at that moment that I started to understand, like, you know, people had always said, know your stop, know your entry, know your profit target before you take a trade. But up until that point, I had largely been like, yeah, this feels pretty good. Let's go. Let's go. And then I was like, oh, shit. You know, that's it didn't turn out super great. And, um, that was largely like the strategy up to that point. So I think that was kind of the eye-opening moment, seeing people who are like, for real, you know, and, and and having them say like, you know, slow it down. Like there's a, you, you just kind of unwind. So that's when I got into like my trend strategy that I use for small caps or the, the zone strategy that I use even still to today, um, and figuring that out. And I think that the gradual process of putting that system together and seeing it work and seeing it not and and making those adjustments. I think that was largely the part that kind of pushed me over to the other side from the, you know, losing or break even to, you know, making a little, making more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like, I don't know. I think everybody like you were, we were saying that progression, it just kind of happens, but I think it's kind of different for everybody. Some people like, Some people really get their ass kicked like over and over until they finally start to get it. Some people, you know, rely on somebody else's alerts and then that, you know, bites them in the ass. And then that's kind of what transition transitions them into wanting to actually learn. So I feel like that progression, though, is like different for everybody. Like I know for me and I've talked about this, like I just got my ass kicked so bad with like no mentor or nobody that I just got my ass kicked so many times that eventually I figured it out from losing so much. And I think that's like how a lot of people, you know, figure shit out. You and then they realize like you can't rely on somebody on Twitter to, you know, make oh, you yeah. a salary every year. But um, the the last question I had for you was uh, what is your your best advice for beginners in the sense of like you know if they if they may be struggling right now um, because you know this is not an easy market for for beginners.
2: Sure. Yeah, I think that the my biggest piece of advice, and I, you know, preach this to the heavens, and it kind of piggybacks off of what you know, the what I was talking about about the slowing it down, knowing your entries is it's just that key idea of organization where knowing that like, okay, I am trading a system. This is what the systems or this is what the strategies entries look like. This is, you know, what the trades look like when I'm trading this system. And knowing that like, this is what I'm doing. Not, you know, oh, it's bouncing off VWAP. Let's go ahead and grab it or whatever. Like knowing exactly like what defines my trades and what trades I should be looking for. And then just doing that. Uh, I think a large part of my day now is now that I have a, you know, a strategy that I trust, I take only those entries, you know, that's it. Sometimes I sit for three, four hours and I trade two or three names and, you know, I pack it in. Sometimes it, they trigger right out the bell and I'm 15 minutes and I'm done. You know what I mean? But it, it's cutting out the extracurriculars and just doing like what you've agreed upon. Like, this is what my strategy does. And that's what I'm going to work on because like, once you get that strategy down, you know, whatever it might be, what you know, whatever fits your, if you're a scalper or a swinger or whatever, um, once you figure out that strategy and like, where is it good? Where is it weak? Like, what are, What's the win rate? Like, is it, you know, super decent in this type of conditions or these market sentiments and understanding that in and out? Then you have the confidence of being like, oh, I know why I'm going to take this trade because I have this historical data to say, like, yeah, this is a good entry here because I know I've done this. And once you have that confidence, you know, you take the triggers when they present themselves as opposed to having that gun shy, like, oh, should I should I not? Yeah. and you know that gets rid of that and on top of that when it comes to scaling up or, or starting to increase size or whatever you know doing just scaling up for no reason because, without that confidence and knowing like yeah I have this body of proof this to, to show like yeah this is a good time because you know I've x amount of days I've made this much so if I adjust my you know that confidence and that belief and that trust in a strategy I think is the most pivotal thing and you know it, it's very hard because I love to just tell people like Here's the strategy. Get used to it. You're gonna be successful, and it's it's so unique. And and people are, you know, drawn to some things as opposed to others. I just scalp like, and I've always done that, and I don't really know why I I prefer to do that. But like for the life of me, I can't hold anything longer than like a certain amount of time. Where I'm like, oh no no no, yeah. It's just how yeah. I am, <laughs> and that's okay.
0: Especially in this market, like, oh yeah, overnighting yeah. things in this market is or trying to swing in this market, crazy, been, yeah.
2: Yeah it's,
1: it's a, yeah, it's a death sentence,
0: for sure. I, uh,
1: I was kind of talking
0: with my Discord
1: about this, actually. I think it's, like, sort of this... Like cycle that feeds into itself you have your strategy the more you follow your strategy the more confident you get the more you want to follow your strategy like it just feeds into itself it's like a like a beast that just keeps like powering up every single time you like you build that confidence based on the success of the strategy then the strategy gets stronger within your mind and then your confidence gets stronger and then it just continually gets better and better but it all comes with that strategy at the beginning, which takes a lot of trial and error, takes a lot of like learning and a lot of hard work, long nights, um, early mornings, all that kind of stuff. Once you find it, though, it's just a matter of getting the confidence in that strategy, which is which is super cool.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, um,
1: and it can be
2: super. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. It, right. it can be super difficult to uh or, or it can incentivize you to be like oh, this, this isn't working you know i'm gonna move to something else or whatever and it's like dude, you just gotta pick something that makes sense that is not crazy hard for you to understand and then just stick with it to to, to flesh it out right because mm-hmm. you know, i have people now that are like are you taking this trade i'm like oh, it's, it's hitting my zone i'm taking the trade i don't care what you know anything else is going on this is my set of rules i'm taking this trade for better or for worse yeah. right and i'm gonna do that because i know that like oh yeah historically yesterday You know it was 12 wins to four losses but that doesn't mean that the four losses weren't all in a row or first right so sometimes i take those four losses right out the gate and then it's winners all for the rest of the day but if i'm shaken at that point i'm only going to end up with four losses you know and i'm just going to be like Oh, Mm -hmm. right i can't do this so that is such a an integral part of of you know just having the 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 conviction to continue going otherwise there's some days where i'd cut myself short or some days where i'd you know, continue trading when I probably don't have a plan or something from that moment. So,
1: it all comes with that confidence of of uh of the plan. You have to be confident in it, and you have to have that, like you said, that body of work. Um, the months and months you've seen where you just see those those green calendars on your Weeble, where there's a few red in there, but mostly green, and it yeah. just builds yourself up. And then and then you'll take the trades, and you won't even like. Sometimes I'll be able to walk away from my desk for a few minutes. Oh, absolutely. In trade. Yeah. And I'll just be like, "Oh yeah, well, it was the setup was was perfect. I need to go, you know, tend to my cat, or go drink my protein shake. Go, maybe I got to go take that morning morning run to the bathroom, you know, after the coffee, that kind For of your thing. your coffee Anything. hits, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's the coffee hits? So, we know you have a uh, a pet skunk named Lily. Yeah, I saw I saw her running around. What's the story? Yeah, I can see if I can grab her. She was. I saw her climbing on you earlier. She sleeps right here in this chair pretty
2: often. She'll come out.
1: Oh, there she is! Come here. <laughs> she came running.
2: Yeah, she she comes. She's a she's just like a sweet little
1: a little dog or she's a cat. So cute.
2: But yeah, I, uh, it was weird. So we um we had a we have like a garage. We have a garage for you know, very high society. Um, <laughs> but in our garage we have like feral cats. When we moved to this neighborhood, there was like stray cats everywhere. So my my girlfriend is very, you know, animal minded as obviously I'm a big animal person as well. So she was like, just give me a couple of weeks and I want to you know help get these cats taken care of. Well, it's two years later and we still take care of these cats every day. But um, it, what happened was we, you know, had these cats and she would take care of them in the garage. Well, Texas froze over last year and she was really worried about it. So I put a camera on a on a laptop in there so she could watch those garage cats. And then you know, um, I had this camera up like on my personal Discord for me and my friends, and all of a sudden, like overnight, all these people joined. They're like, "We're here to watch cats." I was like, "Super weird." So I made a Twitch for it, <laughs> which is called Live Kitty TV, so people can watch these cats. You know, it runs every day, 24 hours. But we started getting lots of skunks and possums, and I was like, "What a weird creature!" And I would just watch them every day, and I'm like, "That is, they're so interesting." that, You know, they don't know I'm watching, so they're acting normal, you know, and it was. It was crazy to see so i looked into it and i was like yeah you can get a skunk as a pet if you get a in a certain license and all this and i was like i'm doing it bro i'm getting i'm gonna get this skunk and uh it was not easy i had to get like a in texas especially it was really difficult to get a license then i had to get a license in oklahoma where the breeder was based but in oklahoma very easy you pay ten dollars you can own a tiger they don't give a crap about anything and um so i that's where i went and got her and i brought her home uh, my girlfriend was like well if you're getting a skunk i'm getting a cat i was like all right fair trade well now we have three cats so it's like uh it definitely has three escalated as well from there yeah but the you know it, it, she's just a weird critter man she's like a she's like a uh that's like a skunk she's like a cat but she can like open stuff so she can like open cabinets we had a baby lock he's like a
1: raccoon plus a cat yeah
2: yeah exactly it's really impressive sometimes she gets into stuff and i'm like what the heck and she can smell stuff like crazy so, if, if there's like, you know, my, I have an uh, eight year old daughter um, who's here you know, on weekends. And when she's in the bedroom and she's hidden snacks, I let that skunk in there. She'll find them at a heartbeat in like half a second. <laughs> so it, they work together. <laughs> and like, I can out my, my kid if she's, uh, if she's hiding something from that's me. That's-
0: so what does she it's eat? To- is it like a specific diet? That-
2: yeah. She loves, um, almost exclusively vegetables. Uh, she really likes, oh, bugs. she really likes. You know like cat food so for protein we give her a little bit of like they get fat easy so do raccoons so we give them like a low or we give her like a low fat uh cat kibble for protein and then otherwise just vegetables she's a vegetable monster really loves bugs one time we had a wasp nest fall down our chimney and there was like wasps everywhere bro and i was just holding her up and she was snack snatching (laughs) them. It it was they're immune to the sting so she just goes crazy bro she's
0: like a little bee killer
2: (laughs) yeah exactly i was literally like get him get him get him recorded it on tiktok it was the whole ordeal
0: how what's their like lifespan
1: uh, it's about 10
2: years uh, years. in in captivity
1: yeah she like used the bathroom in a litter box or what does she do
2: she so in that you see that door that's open uh she has a whole little house in that closet but she's got a litter box in there and a bed Um, and she has a litter box on a small one on the other side of this chair tucked in the corner there um, and then the cats, you know, have their respective ones throughout the house, and she'll she's really good about using them. Uh, one of the easiest animals I ever had to litter train. Thankfully, they just go in corners. You just put a box in a corner, and the problem solves itself.
0: What do they do That's for cute. for them? Um, like, is it a gland that like smells? What yeah, do they yeah do for yeah. That?
2: So they have a uh, like a kind of like dogs do where they have like the anal glands that sometimes you have to like get expressed or whatever. Well, they have the same thing, but they have the ability to projectile their own. Right. So what they do is they just go in and they remove those. And in the United States, even in states where it's legal to own skunks or whatever, the breeders have to, by law, have that done within like the first couple of weeks Mm -hmm. of them being born because it's very easy at that time. It's very not invasive. So it's not like declawing a cat or whatever it, you know, they don't even need stitches or anything afterwards usually. And, um, but yeah, then after that, she's, she tries to spray me sometimes when she's real heated. She'll like point her butt at me and I'm like, all right, whatever. Like
1: you. <laughs> you're, you're shooting blanks. Thank goodness. We're for fighting now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Does she ever even smell like the tiniest bit like it?
2: No, uh, sometimes she has like a kind of like ferret stew where it's like a natural uh, oil on their skin not super bad though i give her a bath once a month and she's largely scentless like she still smells like the shampoo from last week or whatever <laughs> thank thank goodness it, my uh when i first got her she smelled a little bit like a barn animal but it, it got a lot better now now she, she's kind of a princess she, she nocturnal
0: like, like does she
2: yeah they are they usually are she's not so much anymore um kind of like cats right they they like to get wild Just and milanite, do whatever yeah yeah exactly and that's her and the cats just run around all, all day all crazy. And then sometimes they just plop wherever they're at and sleep and then yeah. back up at it. So
0: That's funny.
1: She's Does she have like like sharp claws like a cat? Because I saw no. she had like long fingers. like it's
2: Super, super long because it's made to like hold vegetables and stuff like that. But they're very oh, dull. Okay. They're for digging. Uh, so digging, they like burrow. If they're in the wild, they sleep in holes or they dig up bugs, things like that. Uh, when I first got her, she would try to dig at the corners of my carpet trying to find bugs to eat. So we had to, uh, you know, the, the carpet's looking a little shoddy over there. We'll probably, we're not getting that deposit back, you know, so to speak, but um, <laughs> we'll, we'll probably have to replace those. But uh, she grew out of that and now she's she's kind of a bum, actually. She's pretty lazy. She might be the lowest maintenance of all the animals we have, the dogs and the cats. That's crazy,
1: dang, man. She's so cute, though. I saw her running around, and I don't know. I've never seen a like a pet skunk like that, so I was yeah, just kind of like, I was like starstruck for a second. I was like, dang, she's cute.
2: Yeah, I forget like that. It's kind of a novelty, and we had like some people come over recently to like uh, move in. Like, we ordered a, a washing machine, and these dudes come in rolling in this washing machine, and she like bolts, and they're like, "What the hell is that?" And I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I forgot." Like, that's, let's, that's let's just go my ahead pet skunk. Care of this. Yeah, yeah, but... <laughs> I was like, that's my bad, guys. You probably think I'm the craziest person.
1: Probably like she turned her butt at them. They'd sprint away. Drop Well, she washer. just takes off
2: running. And they were like, oh, my God. I was like, please don't drop that. <laughs> you know, the, the washing machine.
1: <laughs> okay. And then the other question I had for you. So there's a conspiracy. I'm sure you've heard it a bajillion times about Chuck E. Cheese pizza. I know you worked there for a while. Yeah. Do they recycle their pizza? Do they stick them back together? Yeah,
2: no, they don't. So, the, uh, you know, that was funny uh just a quick little story when that happened um you know so what i did was technology i built games and and animatronics and stuff like that kind of like a technician style of role um electrical and and things to that degree so i was largely like detached from like the guest interaction side of things and the store i was at that day that that happened was here in lewisville texas very tiny crappy store and somebody calls and it's like a reporter and she's like, we're calling to get your take. Like, can you give us a statement? And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I had not seen this, so I didn't know. So I called it the corporate office, bro. It was like it was like a tornado struck there, bro. They were running around ah, like the, the the sky was falling like this is the worst PR they could have ever imagined. And i was like, what is happening? And I found out, obviously I saw the video or whatever, but the way that the ovens at Chuck E. Cheese work, they're conveyor ovens. Uh, or I'm sorry. Yeah, they're yeah, conveyor ovens. So they work on a you just put it on a belt and in five minutes it works its way through the oven to the other side right and it's very easy um so you like the kids who are making these pizzas or the you know young adults or whatever can't really screw it up you literally just put food on one side and it comes out cooked well if you put food through there twice it'll literally catch on fire so like it's not possible to reheat it um especially because like, we don't have microwaves or whatever uh, i i tried to let them get me a microwave so that i could like make my own lunch uh, but they're a big no-no um and the reason that it kind of comes out misshapen is because you have like 16-year-old kids literally tossing dough you know so sometimes instead of a circle it kind of looks like a you know a, a puddle or something <laughs> and then when it gets cooked you know that's just what it looks like um and then we use a rocking slicer where you like just slide it back mm-hmm. and forth to to slice the pizza and if they do that bad it's going to come out all kinds of different shapes um so that i think is largely the, the the problem i thought it was hilarious though like as people people we had people coming in they were like do you guys reheat this part of me wanted to be like yeah yeah don't ever come back you know but i was like yeah it's, i'll let the <laughs> customer service people handle that and just go back to fixing my games or whatever so he rest assured i actually really like chuck e cheese pizza I'm lactose intolerant, so it does a number on me but
1: I, i'm a i'm actually a pretty big fan um you know have been there in ways. a while i need to i need to go check it out though but oh, was... better now I was, a, I was a skeptic when that conspiracy came out. I was like, there would be no reason for them to do that. But then okay. some of the pictures looked like it was so rearranged but that I was I like, hot, ah, maybe.
2: So when COVID hit, we went into like only the core salaried people worked, right? So there was four of us and they were making me be a cashier, which I was like, I was just playing Pokemon on my Game Boy. And then I would work with one other, one of the salaried managers and then we'd rotate. So it would just be two people and we were doing takeout only. We we're doing like $5 large pizzas. Well, there were some days that the general manager of the store here in Dallas, she was so bad at making these pizzas, dude. And she was like, they're only five dollars. So who cares? Right. Like they, you get what you pay for kind of thing. But I took some pictures of them looking so ragged and beat up to send to like my boss and be like, dude, look at this. This is the GM. And it was in that moment that I was like, oh, my God, this is why people think we recycle stuff, because it mm-hmm. was like bro i'm talking to, it looked beat up like a little caesar's hot and ready probably like a casey's pizza teddy yeah yeah little I mean, caesar's dude. hot and ready looked like the cream <laughs> creme de la creme compared to this it was so bad
1: i know i'll be honest dude cutting pizza is hard like oh, cutting awful. it even i was like i was so surprised i got like one of those pizza slicers the, the circle ones yeah, yeah i yeah. thought it was going to solve all my issues and i was just going to slice it up and the first like five times I used it I would slice too far on one side and then i have like four tiny pieces that were yeah, all yeah, uneven. exactly and then the other side would be like massive and like not shaped right it was actually super hard yeah that's I'll be it, honest. it was
2: the same thing as those that rocking slicer you literally just start on one side and you <laughs> And then you, but if you just line it up wrong, it's like your line's curved or whatever. Like one piece yeah, is like exactly. this big. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. It just looks all janky and shit. Yeah, it was awful. So everybody, Tony had to hop off for a uh, a Trader Verse Discord thing. But um, your boy Teddy is gonna finish this interview out with Palmer. <laughs> So Palmer, we want to talk about what's your strategy been on the small account? That's is it forty two days green in a row?
2: Yep, yeah, forty. Yeah, I just realized Amazing. that today was the last day of the month, and I was like, "Well, we did it uh, two months Congrats, basically, two bro. trading months." Yeah, it's been interesting. To be completely honest, there were some days where I was red and probably should have just left it at that, but I was like, "No, for the streak," and and traded longer than I should have and managed to salvage. So. I think that when it comes to streaks, I, I try to remind people that they're like, some of it is luck based. Once it's you know that long or whatever, and and that it's not a bad thing to be read a day. You know what I mean? Like part of me is can't wait so that I can be like, ah, oh, right, back to being more aggressive. I don't have to you know play for the streak. You know what I mean? Um, but largely, the, it's the same strategy that I use on my regular account. It's a strategy I pretty much use for everything. Um, and it's kind of a mean reversion style. So it looks for, you know, like areas of impact is what I call them, where you can look historically on the chart and see that like, yeah, whenever price gets to this range, you're seeing a lot of, you know, pushes away or, you know, pushes, you know, there's there's significant impact within that range. So like I'll look at SPY and pre-market and I'll say, well, um, I'm looking at the one hour and it looks like, you know, historically anytime prices reach to this kind of, center mass or this area of impact it pushes one direction or the other and uh and then i'll just kind of play that direction based on what i see on the intraday chart so is it coming from above you know is it setting up a some kind of pattern or something to that degree okay well then calls if it's coming from below and i expect it to reject and i'm taking puts and you know just kind of fine-tuning that strategy and adjusting like how i scale into it once it is within those zones not unlike supply and demand or, or something similar to that um
0: yeah.
2: then then that's kind of where i started to see the success with a small account because at first it was very hard to get used to like oh let's say in my large account i'll take 50 contracts right just as a rough guess and within like a 60 cent zone well then i would add like you know 5 5 10 10 20 or whatever something like that well, then on a small account where I'm only taking five, like my average isn't the same if I'm adding one, 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 you know what I mean? So it, yeah. it, I really had to figure out like, okay, maybe I just take my full position at the the tip top of the zone, you know, before it, you know, less likely to, to stop me out big and, and kind of fine tuning that there. But the strategy is ultimately still the same. There's just been kind of an adjustment to, to tailor it to the, to the size and the, and the max risk and stuff of that degree.
1: Yeah. I, um, uh... I think I've noticed kind of a constant between a lot of the great traders we have on here, a lot of like Tony, myself, you, and then a few others, a lot of us use these, you call them, did you say areas of impact? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Tony calls it supply and demand. I call it, um, you know, key levels. I mean, they're all a little bit different, but it's all kind of just the really important areas. And if you can track those, you can really see like the movement, um beforehand can kind of give you that that key of is it going to reject or is it going to blow through and we're going to see a breakout um but that's kind of a constant that i've seen between a lot of really good traders is having that tool in your toolbox when it comes to trading yeah yeah i mean i like it a lot just in supply and demand is similar in
2: terms of what it looks like um and largely you know if you just think of it like oh yeah there's imagine a bunch of orders here and every time it goes up there a few more get filled a few more and a few more and then eventually they're they're all filled and it goes through it right you know and that's Mm -hmm. you know kind of understanding that concept in its simplest form kind of gives you a a foundation or at least a place to start in terms of like okay this is what i can look for you know and my favorite thing about it is that like i can take you know maybe five or six trades in a day sometimes ten sometimes two or whatever but like I'm not like I was in small caps. Where I'm like, what's the news? What's moving? Oh shit! Volume's going over here. What's the sympathy? You know, and I'm just like constantly all over the place. I can legit sit here on my phone, and play Angry Birds, and be like, oh, oh, not yet, not yet. And
1: <laughs> that is so
2: important for me because if I am allowed to just be doing stuff, it's gonna be bad. I just I have no self control. <laughs> play Clash Royale during the
1: market hours. Yeah, I yeah, sit we, and I play that. Yeah, like, I I watch and then I'm in the corner of my eye. I'm down here down here playing and if, if something happens I'm like oh shit gotta leave this gotta leave this game but if, if nothing's happening then I just use that to take up my time
2: oh, yeah that is so important I think that it's so important to have something to do because like boredom will make you do stupid crap right it's like sometimes trade. if I'm it bored is. I'll just be like I want to you know take a trade or whatever and I'm like no no, no. I'm gonna play Yu-Gi-Oh or, or, or Angry Birds or something or, or maybe I'm gonna go walk and get a coffee or you know something to eat and I think that that is a big difference in terms of like where I was at when I started versus now is that I always felt like I had to be in a trade or I was not taking advantage of the the market. Right. So if I wasn't in a trade, I needed to be actively looking for the next one. Um, whereas now it's like, Oh, it's been two hours. I haven't taken a position. That's kind of whack, but you know, okay. So be it. And then when I do take, you know, the one or two setups that present themselves, I'm like, all right, nice. All right, cool. We're done. And I'm, I'm going to, you know, head out or whatever. And, uh, I much prefer that that kind of it's much better for my my mental state. That's for sure.
1: I'll get burned out if I'm taking a ton of trades. I know, um i I had like a i think it was like forty day green streak. and I'll say when it ended, I was really, really relieved. Mm-hmm. I know you touched on that a bit where it's like, it'll it'll suck at the beginning like when you have that first red day it's like oh damn the streak is over and then after that you're like well now i have no ties now i'm like because i was constantly trading like so conservatively in that yeah exactly in that account to keep it like a, to keep it green keep this day green keep this day green and then when it hit i was like all right i'm just gonna and then i had some way bigger days that i would had that entire streak after mm-hmm. the fact because i was able to just let things fly a bit more
2: yeah today i was at like i was i opened the day uh, i took two two or three trades like right back to back to back there were L's and then I took two winners. And at the end of that, I was down like 200 bucks. Right. They like, pretty much, you know, two winners to the two losses were basically a wash and you know, their sizing wasn't, I didn't get to size bigger into one or the other. And, and I was like, well, I could realistically end down $200 right now. And like, I'm not going to be upset. Like it wouldn't hurt my feelings. And part of me was like, I should do it because then tomorrow I'll be like, F it. We have, you know, We're going back to sizing like we, you know, like we've gotten used to or whatever. And then I ended up taking a couple of more trades that presented themselves and swung back the other way and was decently green. And I was like, okay, you know, but, but part of me does think it's like, I'd like to be red, even if it's $10 so I can be like, oh, sorry guys, the streak's over. And it's like, now I can gun it again. Right now I can get back to, to maybe even subconsciously, if if that kind of pops into my head of like, you know, you know, the streak, what about the streak? Right? Like
1: because it doesn't
2: matter at the end of the month or the year like if you're ten dollars red one day or ten dollars green that day like it's largely irrelevant it just matters like what is the the grand total the body of work and it's not a you know being red isn't the indication of like you failed like you you, a single red day like you you need to quit like you need to you're not this is you're not cut out for this or whatever um i would love to be able to uh to take a a red day for like 10 bucks and be like i'm free (laughs) But we'll see how it goes
1: (laughs) I tell people just like one red day a week to two red days a week, if you can play your cards right, you can still be a really profitable, successful trader. Like that's, um, that's a good, a good ratio there. But I know there's a lot of people who, uh, like think that streaks are how, how, how you get rich. It's it's, no, it's, it's not, it's the consistency over time of just being able to have like less red days or less red trades or less. Um, money lost than than money made it's, it's it's not anything super complicated that's just how it is you have to just be consistent enough to uh to continually make more than you lose whatever yeah. strategy you use that's how it is
2: and that's what you know when i started the the you know the small account which is not necessarily super small i mean it's smaller than my main account which is why i kind of refer to it as my small account but it's like over pdt and stuff now but the um you know, the the reason I started doing that was because I wanted to show people with small accounts like compounding. So in the month of February, it was like $70 a day or $50 a day or whatever. And then it slowly got bigger to 100 and 130. And, you know, now it's like on averages of 200, 250 or whatever. And, you know, that was really what I wanted to show. Not necessarily, it's like, I'm flawless. I'm perfect. I never lose, you know, because. Uh, like a, like today, I took three or four losses right away. And then, you know, took more wins than that afterwards or, or wins that were bigger afterwards. And I think that that is something that when you see a and l screenshot goes largely like underappreciated is like there was a lot going on under the hood. You're just seeing kind of the surface of the result. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that there was one day last last three, two weeks ago, I accidentally had like I, I sold a buttload of contracts twice like i clicked it twice so i was like I, I was on the selling side i had sold contracts so i was mm-hmm. like negative a position and i didn't realize it and i was literally go to take a shower and i opened up my phone like hours later and i'm like i'm down like 1800. I ran back in here and i busted my butt and i this was on the streak account too and i made it back to like plus 60 bucks on the day and i was like
0: this is the greatest
1: 60 dollars <laughs> of my life yeah but
2: but on the PL, when I posted on Twitter, people don't know that, like, that's the shit show that I dealt with that day, right? People just see, like, oh, a green day, like, it's, it's that easy. And it's, I think that underappreciates the, the kind of the process or the difficulty
1: or the, the stress that can come along with it. I had um, earlier this week, I had a dentist appointment. And I headed to my, my appointment thinking that all my positions were closed out. Everything was fine. Everything was closed out. I just had one uh, one limit order left. Yes. St- oh, I hate that. Yeah. From It was supposed to be like, it was one that hadn't filled from when I would played like a breakout earlier. Yeah. And you know, what does Spy do? Oh, she comes right back down. Yeah. What am I doing? I'm sitting in the chair getting my teeth worked on. And then all of a sudden, like you hear the, you feel the the buzz and it's like, I shouldn't be getting any buzzes yeah. and I didn't even think twice about it but I was like in my head I was like oh that's weird I shouldn't be getting that weird buzz feeling because I think my Weebles is a different buzz than my, like other yeah, yeah, like yeah. texts and stuff and so I was like well, that's kind of ah, it's probably just one of those price alerts I get out 20 minutes later and I'm down like 28 percent and it's yeah. a large size position in my large account and I'm just thinking that on my way on my drive home I'm like I was green I was done for the day and now I'm red on the day What what am I going to do and so you go back, and you just you know you scout price action, whatever you do to get yeah. back. And I think on that day, I literally made like sixteen dollars. And once I got to green, I was like, "I'm This was this was a painful, a painful day. It was it was it was great that I got back, but it was like way more work and way more like just stuff went into it than that sixteen dollars shows. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: And and that's ooh, and totally. You know, at the same time, I might not have. um You know, like there is a part during that day where I'm like stressed out, I'm like exhausted, I'm like, come on, we're almost there that I was like, maybe I should have just been done, you know, and just, but because I was like, no, the streak and those other, you know, kind of extra, those extra ideas or whatever that kind of going through my head, you know, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have traded that day. You know, it, it turned out okay, but, you know, maybe the next time it won't. So, you know, I don't want to get into a habit of, of, of that kind of mindset or, or, you know, being like, oh, I'm red five grand, we can make it all the way back or whatever, you know what I mean? And just continuously making it worse. So that's where I think that, especially when it comes to streaks, they can kind of work against you to a degree in that respect.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, we're at the uh, we're at the fun part of the of the podcast. We're gonna do a quick little a quick little uh, like fire round where I ask you. I think let's see how many we got. Five or six little questions here. We'll talk sure. about them a bit, and then we got we got two two fun little questions to end with. So, what's your favorite food? Oh, um, probably probably pokey
2: Do you know what that is? it's Ooh, like
1: yeah like me the...
2: me and my girlfriend eat pokey like at least once a week uh we love you go it.
1: get it or do you make it
2: we got a place right down the street from us uh that delivers it to us so like total dgen status i'm just like yeah and it was like on uber eats and this when it, <laughs> yep. at the end of the year uber eats sent me this thing like spotify where it was like you're in the top two percent of customers of this business and i was like <laughs> oh my god oh we have a problem you guys are never been funding the the pokey
1: business yeah exactly we've never even
2: been there it's always been delivery so i was like one day we need to go in and be like it's us and they'll be like oh my god
1: you know they'll have your picture your your uber eats picture up on the door like thank you yeah yeah (laughs) that's awesome stars of that place at this point for sure (laughs) All right, favorite drink. It can be alcoholic, non-alcoholic, whatever you want. Oh yeah, Dr Pepper, bar
2: none. Uh, I'm uh, in Texas. That's not super uncommon, but yeah, I love Dr Pepper. They actually have a cream soda Dr Pepper variant now, and mm-hmm. oof, that one hits. Uh, but my skunk really likes it, so I can only get sodas with that are bottles so, that's funny yeah, she'll, she'll jump into it oh yeah she'll pull them out of the fridge and bust them in, rip them open and stuff yeah you gotta oh we, she, yeah we're really careful about it yeah she gives an opportunity she'll take a bag of dog treats rip them open eat the whole thing or a soda she'll puncture it and arizona tea she's a big fan of arizona tea
1: she'd go crazy
2: afterwards does the oh, caffeine yeah. get to her and sugar well, <laughs> and you know, she's still she's kind of a frantic creature to begin with so you know i don't know that it affects. i definitely don't want her like drinking my sodas or coffees usually though, yeah. just to, on the to err on the side of caution.
1: She'll have like a panic attack or something. She'll have like caffeine inducing yeah, yeah. or something. Oh, but, yeah,
2: she would just <laughs> run around and,
1: and wrestle the cats all day. It would be a disaster. <laughs> um oh that actually brings up something I was talking about with, with a friend of mine. How many <laughs> how many pops a day do you think is like the normal American intake? Like cans. Like we're talking like just the normal cans. Man, i try to limit it to like i use
2: the bottles but i try to have one a day and i think um, that's fair i used to though bro like when i was in high school i could kill a 12 back in a day easy and yeah um i i don't know to, now i can uh, have a bottle of like my lunch or something and sometimes i leave not all of it finished and i just put it back in the fridge and i have a sip of it a little bit later or something but i don't know if it's maybe because i'm i'm old now but it's like it doesn't hit the same for me. Like, I, I feel like at a certain points. I'm like, I'm dehydrated. I need, I need water. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? And I agree. When I was 16, like didn't, uh, I ran purely on Dr. Pepper.
1: Cause I was, I was talking to my friend and I was like, I think like one to two is the good ratio. Three is when it starts to cut off to be like, maybe you need to relax now. Four is like, um, like, okay, you actually need to relax. Five is like, you have a problem. Six is, like, where we're thinking, like, you have a serious problem. Seven is you're going to get kidney stones. Kidney stones, And my friend drinks eight. Eight a day. Like, consistently for, like, years at a time has done it. Eight, and it's Dr. Pepper cream sodas. Yeah, that shit is so fire, dude.
2: It's so good.
1: It's it's good, but eight a day, you're going to end up, like, dying of, like, They're like not, aspartame.
2: Maybe if it was like Sprite or something, which is like a little bit on the you know the less. It's more on the alkaline, not as sweet side. But Dr Pepper, I drink it. I'm like, this is pure syrup. You know what I mean? Like it I is. can't.
1: I, that, dude. I'll, Mountain
2: Dew used to give me shakes. It was you know what I mean. Oh, oh
1: uh, yeah. If I go to the store once a week, because I only I don't drink pop all that often, probably like once a week. I get the my girlfriend. She calls them full sugar sodas because she's always drank diet. I can't yeah. drink. I like. I prefer the normal ones, so I'll go get them. And she'll be like, "Look how much sugar that thing has in it." I'm like, "I can taste it. I know." Yeah, like, yeah, I can, yeah. That's I the good part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly why I like it. What do you mean?
2: Yeah, I can't do All diet right. either. I'm. I'm not a. Never been a diet person. Just tastes like batteries to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It does not taste the same. It not like, the it's not the same. Yeah. I think diet Mountain Dew is disgusting personally like i don't know that
2: i've ever had that and i feel like if you're if you're like oh, mountain dew but diet like at that point it's like you know, you've got some other things to figure out you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes.
1: you do have some other things if you're yeah, a mountain yeah. dew drinker but you're going diet they actually have mountain dew hard seltzers nowadays out there Damn, bro I think that's crazy if i was in high mountain school dew.
2: that would have been a decens bro like is, if I, four locos almost killed all of us back then and now
1: the mountain oh, dew, i remember hard
2: seltzers whoa goodness
1: Nobody remembers the the original Four Locos nowadays. None yeah. of the kids know that like one of those would have you like on the border of a blackout. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: I don't, my, my heart, it hurts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you'd literally be like, you'd be like sprinting around one minute and then you'd be like, your vision would be shaky and you'd fall yeah, over yeah. the next minute. And then you'd be back up ready to party. And it felt like, like guys, like, I
2: don't, I don't feel good. And they're like, oh, yeah. shut up. Or you just, you're going to puke. And I'm like, no guys, I, I, this is not, I don't
1: feel excellent. Yeah. My chest is shaking. Is that normal? <laughs> those were those were crazy i don't know how those were legal but yeah uh, yeah they dealt with them eventually
2: though um which is probably for the best for everyone
1: (laughs) i agree do you uh you have a favorite place in the world
2: uh probably not probably like right here in my chair um i'm uh, like if i don't have to go outside i'll not go outside for like weeks at a time i just i'd rather play games and hang like everything i love to do is like right here And so my girlfriend's like, hey, let's go hang out with these people or whatever. And I'm like, but my stuff is here. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, she's a very social person and I'm, you know, I don't mind talking to people and interacting, but I'd rather be doing stuff I like to do, you know, call me crazy. And she's like, let's go shop or let's go to the," And I'm like, nah, 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 nah. Everything can be delivered now. Like my, this is, this is my era. Okay. You know, like we're in. The COVID point in time and the changes that it's brought on have have only bolstered my ability to like not do shit, not go outside.
1: You're like you're like an extrovert to talk to, but you live an introverted life. Yeah,
2: yeah, and all by all means. Sometimes I, I mean I had to take my cat to the vet like two weeks ago. She usually does it, but she's like, oh, it's at a weird time and I can't make it. So I like went outside and I was like, oh my god! I was like, is my car gonna start? Like I don't I haven't even gotten in my car in weeks, dude. Was, it's
1: right it out jarring. here.
2: Yeah, it was jarring, and I was like, oh no
1: i just imagine the groundhog jumping outside and
2: going. (laughs) yeah it reminded me of my mom when i was younger she'd be like oh look he's risen from the dead huh and i'd be like haha it's very funny or whatever but now i'm like oh my god like this it's so true dude i feel like (laughs) yeah i feel like i might not go outside enough i feel like it's probably unhealthy i need to get like a like an ozone lamp or something just to get some vitamin d
1: I was watching Shark Tank a few weeks ago and they actually have these like these lamps that are like made for desks to like give you light and I was actually looking at it, I was like man for how much I sit at that damn desk maybe I should get one with yeah. like, it has like sunlight that like it'll come to you and I'm like
2: All right, maybe that would maybe that would work I don't know Yeah nice yeah yeah I've seen some called like happy lamps that that are similar to that yeah, and it's like I think yeah I don't know I don't know if if it would help or whatever but you know I definitely need to take multi multivitamins or something i gotta figure something out <laughs>
1: <laughs> some vitamin D. yeah do you uh do you have a favorite trading ticker
2: yeah apple uh for sure apple, apple is my one. is my favorite because like based on your account size you can go further out of the money still tons of oi um you know you don't have to worry about like oh i'm five strikes out of the money am i not going to be able to get a fill or a, you know a sell or anything like that and the prices are are very so it's like a Closest to in the money is like a a buck fifty, and then the next one out's like sixty cents, and the next one's like thirty. And I'm like, so no matter what your account size is, you can play a piece of Apple. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and it it doesn't. It's not a small cap. It's not a. You know, it's gonna do Apple stuff, large cap stuff. You know what I mean? And you don't have to have a million dollars to be able to trade it. And I think that that's at least when I started, I was like, I can't do large caps because my account's so small. But with options, especially. I even use way less buying power now than I did on small caps because you can take 10 contracts for, I don't know, 500 bucks sometimes as opposed to a thousand shares for 15 grand, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. on, on a, so it's, yeah, I, I love Apple for that reason. Always good volume, always does something. Um, decent ability to kind of mitigate risk regardless of account size. You can go further out of the money, figure out what works best for you. And it gives you that gives you that opportunity so yeah big big fan of apple
1: all those technicals really well too yeah
2: yeah apple inspire my bread and butters for sure um and up until like last week this week i've been getting apple's been beating my ass a little bit but up until last week it was like 70 percent of my pnl on my small account because i was like i just trade apple every day like why why kick it until it stops spitting out money you know what i mean
1: I trade I trade Microsoft's Apple Spy the most for sure. Yeah. Those are my top three that I will I'll mess with the most. Other than that, I do some like some Facebook, some like some just like weird random yeah, large yeah. caps I do, that I, I watch. I try to do
2: like one EV a day, so it'll be like lucid or, or Neo or something to that degree. because um, they're usually pretty cheap. Move okay. I can take shares or contracts depending on like what the look is or if the spreads are too wide or whatever. And then usually I'll find like one outlier where it's like, oh this has volume today, BAC or Sof- SoFi or, yep, or you know, yep, something yep. to that degree. Uh, and then I'll just kind of add that to the list. But yeah, my, my core two Apple and Spy. I like tech, NVIDIA, AMD, Facebook, Microsoft sometimes as well.
1: Um, those are, uh,
2: nice. they're always going to do something, you know. And at that point, yep. you at least kind of take out the
1: guesswork. I agree. All right, last question for you Do you have a favorite band or musical artist?
2: Yeah, actually, um, it's a group called The Midnight. And they are like a um, like a retrowave kind of. Like I'm a big sucker for like eighties synth pop music. Like that's what I was raised okay. on for my parents. And I know what you're
1: talking about. This
2: like retrowave new age music is is like kind of you know, it, it, it's a lot eighties sounding but in a more modern style. Um, so they're the midnight is what they're called, and they do like you know, some eighties sounds like a saxophone guy that, that rips it in there as well. I love saxophone. Um, I
1: love some saxophone oh, I love it.
2: They uh, came to (laughs) Dallas once and I watched them live and this dude came out with a saxophone. The whole place was like, Like it just just hits in a specific way. You know what
1: I mean? It's just different. It's Uh, like when you have like a a band and then like they pull out the violin or something. Yeah, exactly. I was
2: just about to say violins are the same way. Violins and saxophones are just like the
1: shreddiest things. You're just like, this is sick, bro. Yeah. If you can find a way to work a violin or saxophone yeah. into your music, then that shit will just bop. Yeah, way it, it hits, bro. It just
2: it just hits. <laughs> you can't listen to it and not get like, "Oh my god, this is hype."
1: Exactly. Exactly. All right, we got we got these two crazy questions towards the Let's end. I always ask some weird shit. Um, one of them you didn't even get on the schedule. You get you get a you get a crazy flyer question. Let's go. Let's We're gonna go. go with that one first. What is like the scariest, biggest, toughest animal that you think a human could be in a fight? Like, we're talking like the best human. So, like, some like, boxer, you have like Dwayne fighter Johnson like, or
2: something. You know what I mean? Like, the yeah, Rocky. some okay. crazy, not crazy me. big guy. Uh, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. Not, not any of us. We're not, yeah, we're not yeah. quite qualified. Yeah, yeah. But the scariest animal. And I was talking about this with my Discord today, but I want to get your take and then I'll give you kind of what I think.
2: Man, I would think like, um, you know, maybe like a, a a bull or something. You know, I immediately want to go into like the bears and tigers and stuff, but I just think no. I just think realistically, probably not. I think a bull is like an equal parts dangerous, but without the teeth. You know, like it's just the horns yeah. and the stampede kind of aspect. Whereas if you're fast the, enough, you can like yeah, yeah. There's like maneuverability them. and like you know, if you get bit by it, it's not taking your arm off, which then all of a sudden the fights odds are very tilted. Uh, Whereas like a tiger or a bear or something, bears are scary, dude. I mean, people don't realize those they're they're big boys, you know, they're. uh,
1: Hundreds and hundreds of pounds. They're not not like us.
2: Yeah, I mean. They're like
1: 500 or better.
2: My skunk has bit my finger and made me bleed before. And I'm like, oh my God,
1: (laughs) you know, this is. (laughs) So
2: I I, I think that that's about where I, I, I would be like Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, you can probably beat that wrestle that bull to the ground i believe that uh whereas like a bear i'd be like no don't do it it's not worth it
1: if Dwayne gets on its back or somehow gets like an arm of that bull yeah maybe i'm
2: thinking like grabs it by its horn soon and maybe muscles it down a little bit i don't know
1: like if he's if as long as he like stays safe from those horns yeah yeah exactly he's he's pretty he's pretty covered in that sense um in my discord the most common people think that like there's like a cutoff of like animals and they think like wolves are right there on like could a could a human take one wolf yeah i don't i don't think they could i think like a wolf would get one bite on a human like like grab onto its arm and i think it would like hurt the human enough to for the human to be like oh fuck like oh like any human
2: you think about like police dogs and stuff they're just big dogs that are made to take down people um and they're no joke and a, a wolf is a bigger, more feral variant of that, you know what I mean, I think yeah. foxes maybe are more reasonable, they're a little bit smaller builds, yeah, like, like some a coyote big, maybe too, yeah, coyotes so I've seen some wolves that are like you know labbra bigger than labradors, you know there there's some
1: cold, they're some big they're old huge.
2: creatures, yeah, yeah, they're no joke, and they don't live thinking. by they live street rules, you know what I mean, like you know yeah. they they fight for survival, not for you know just for the sake of fighting, you know it's a uh,
1: I agree. Like there's, I think there's also the thing we got to take into account is like humans have like lost our like feral wild animal muscle. Like it's different. Like wild animal muscle is different. As in like, I have cats that were like wild, like two of them were like grew up wild. Yeah. And like, you can tell the difference between them versus my cat that was born in a house. Like these two are like nuts. And like one of them is like eight pounds and I can't wrangle her sometimes. Like I cannot get a hold of her and like hold on to her sometimes. Like she is so strong and. Yeah, we yeah, have but- the,
2: the the kitties in the garage are like strays and then yeah. the, we got the bums inside our house and you can just look at them and be like yeah that cat will beat your butt and then this cat is literally yeah. useless like just garbage yeah. worth nothing and yeah. they're just <laughs> and, it, and the only difference is like you know the difference of like being on one side of the wall or the other you know what i mean it's just, it's just different instincts man for sure
1: yeah i was thinking I was thinking also, I think a safe one that a, a human could be is like a bobcat, because I've seen stories of bobcats getting like wrestled by humans. Because I think they're like, if you can like get a bob, it's kind of smaller than you think. Like a bobcat, you think sure. is pretty big, but it's a little smaller than you'd think. And like, if you can just like get on its back, then like you're pretty solid there yeah, on a bobcat. Yeah, yeah. Anything bigger than a bobcat in the cat game, though, is absolutely tearing anyone to shreds. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not messing with it with the cats for sure. I think that that is, uh, I think that people immediately want to jump to like, yeah, I could wrestle a tiger. And I'm like, I don't know, dude, you know, my cat sometimes bites my hand and it hurts. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) those tiger teeth are no joke. I've seen tiger King, bro. They take arms off easy. You know?
1: Yeah. I've also been hit by my cat and been like, ouch. Like, oh yeah. She'll like slap. And I'm like, damn, damn. Where'd you get that strength? Don't do that again. My cat is a,
2: is a Maine Coon. So it's like very big. Oh, big. And and he, uh, he is, he was actually born from one of the garage cats and that garage cat dad is huge. And one time I had to catch him to take him to the vet to get fixed and vaccinated and stuff so we could re-release him. And he, he hit me so hard with his claws once it ripped through my leather, my motorcycle jacket It was like all pure leather. And it was oh, in that man. moment that I was like, I didn't even see it, dude. It was like, like so fast and mm-hmm. it, so much pressure that I was like, uh, forget it. We're going to have to get a trap or something. Like, I, I was like, I'm out. I'm I'm going inside. This is. You know, he's gonna kill me dude like he might
1: physically like maim <laughs> <laughs> cats could like seriously kill us in our sleep for sure like for sure, they dude. could they bite us go. and like hit us and i would like wake up and i'd just be dying immediately like
2: yeah Well why they're- and they'd be like you know why <laughs> you
1: know? they're so underrated yeah, like yeah. their strengths it's so crazy um all right last question then we'll get you out of here what is your biggest fear? I'll start with this one, man. I think oceans are the scariest thing on this entire planet. Like, how deep they are, how many crazy animals are hiding in the bottom of it and shit. Like, yeah. I was snorkeling, um, like, maybe, like, six months ago, and, like... I saw a little tiny shark, like a mini shark, like a baby shark or some sort, like a smaller one. And then I started to think, what's hiding down there where I can't see? Because it just gets, you can see for like eight feet and then it gets dark. And I'm like, I don't know what's down there. I'll be in the lake
2: and touch like a leaf. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm out. You know, like, uh, I'm not about (laughs) it. Yeah, I'm a pool swimming kind of person. You know what I mean? Um, Got a good idea for what's going on in the pool, you know, at any given time. So lakes and rivers and stuff maybe okay especially as a kid i cared less but now i'm like the ocean's no joke especially like those riptides and stuff can sometimes just like uh, sorry we're
1: bringing you yep. with us I'm that's my biggest scary. fear man getting yanked out oh yeah. my goodness and uh
2: I, man i think that my biggest fear would probably be like i'm not good with needles at all um oh, i go get a no, shot so. like a flu shot and all i cry like a like yeah. the five-year-old next <laughs> to me's like looking at me like, what's the matter with you, bro? And I'm like, um, I don't know what it is. I don't know why I'm afraid of it. It just, it messes me up, dude. Sometimes I pass out. Like as soon as I get in, i have like, passed out from needle oh, too. Yeah. It's just, it's a, and I can't turn it off. And like, I'll go in there and be like, it's just, you can do this. You can do this. And then once it's time, I'm like, it, somebody else takes over. You know what I mean? It's a different, yeah. it's
1: a different mind that's exactly what it's like i i have the same exact fear of needles like and i'll tell my dad about it i'll be like yeah man i had to go get a shot and it was terrible And he'll be like it's just a needle like yeah, just, yeah, just yeah. don't get scared and i'm like you don't understand like it's not that i like am actually scared of the needle it's like a completely different feeling like it's yeah, just exactly. like panic hits like i had to go get shots i don't know how long ago um probably like five or six years ago this was i've gotten like the the vaccine all that crazy stuff since yeah yeah and same. those those, like, made me, like, ugh. Like, I got, like, I got, like, tense and stuff. But it wasn't as bad as this one time where I got one in high school. And they had me wait for 10 minutes, and I was doing fine. And then – they sent me out to my car, and I still was feeling kind of, like, warm and woozy. And yeah, I passed yeah. out in my car for, like, 10 minutes. Like, I was, like – I woke up like this in my car in the parking lot. And you're, like, drenched like, still in thinking, sweat and stuff. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I was still thinking about the needle because I couldn't get it out of my head how it feels, like, going into your arm. Oh, Yeah, when I give goodness. blood,
2: I, it like, that's when it really Fs me up. When I can feel it, like, suck, I'm, like – I hate ugh, that. I just yeah. collapse. I fold immediately. It's, it's bad, dude. Yeah.
1: When I was in college, I uh... – like donated plasma and one oh, of the yeah. times i i was there and <laughs> i fainted and they like have like some like they, it happens pretty often like people faint but my girlfriend we were trying to pay for like a trip of some sort probably like five years ago and so we were doing this this like stuff and i fainted and then I woke up and they still had the needle in my arm. And I fainted again because I'm like, yeah. get the damn needle out of my arm. Like I fainted because of the needle. Nothing else. Like get that shit out of here. Yeah, And the
2: doctors are just like, whatever, dude, just, you know, we're, we're just, doing fine. A job. Yeah, yeah exactly. Goldfish. You're all right. Here's some orange
1: juice or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, we want to thank you for for hopping on. It was a great time talking to you. You're a real personable guy and a, and a great trader. So thank you
2: yeah it's been a pleasure man thank you guys so much for reaching out um you know happy to do it anytime man so uh, i hope that you guys continue to kick butt on trading and with the podcast and i'm you know looking forward to hearing them
1: yeah that sounds good man we will uh we'll talk to you later be my i don't know
0: where i'm to stay i just hope you've got a place for me